guys are real, right? Is that supposed to be a joke? We're on a very important mission. You only killed her so they think that you're a hero. I hated her! Show me They're changing direction. Come back. Gabriel! Gabriel! Hello and welcome to an all new episode of Talking About Walkers. I am one of your hosts, Kente, all the way live from Los Angeles, California, and I'm joined by my two wonderful co-hosts, the one and only Jen and Olaf. And uh, before we get into the episode, I, you're going to be hearing this a lot on indie radio on October 31st, Saturday, October 31st, Halloween night. Uh, we're going to have the first annual Kente and Miyosha Halloween short film horror fix. We'll be showing Halloween, uh, I'm I'm sorry, uh, horror movies. And we're also going to have a costume contest. So you can actually win cash prizes as well. So you have to uh, wear, you you know, a a, a costume and we'll judge it. And the winners will break down exactly what you get. But um, that is going to be on October 31st, Halloween night, and you'll get more and more details. If you want to submit a short film for the contest, uh, you can do so at, at Indie Showcase Booking. That's I-N-D-Y Showcase Booking at gmail.com. All right. With that said, Jen, uh, you know, you're going to be running the ship tonight, so... It's all to you. Well, I'm really excited to be here. I have to say that the season finale for season 10, uh, you know, I know it's not sort of the entire season finale. We got some extra stuff coming, but for all intents and purposes, it's the season finale. And I will say that I was absolutely riveted this week. I loved it. It was amazing. I can't wait to talk about it with you guys. So uh, let's. I, I, I first just want to say that the that the that there's definitely going to be some spoilers in here. So if you haven't seen the episode and you don't want to know what's happening, you know, this isn't the time to listen to it. You should listen to it at another time. Um, the name of this episode was what was the name of this episode? A certain doom, um, and but it wow. There certainly were a lot of amazing things that happened. Um, I I just want to start sort of by recapping a tiny bit of what happened at the end of uh, the last episode, which was, I think, called The Tower. And I wanted to ask, yeah, I I wanted to ask you, actually, Olaf, Mm -hmm. how you thought they did sort of the transition between what was happening when we saw everybody the last time and then what we have happening at the very beginning of this episode. How did you feel about that? How it was like the way they made the transition. Yeah, I, I thought they did a good job getting you know, going, going from you know the tower and because you, know, you had the you had the you had the horde, then they were driving the horde towards the you know uh, you know towards the other one uh, the driving the horde towards everything. I I thought it was I thought it was done pretty good. You know, so the, the, they they did it. Good transition. What what uh, what do you think? 
Well, part of the reason that I wanted to just briefly bring that up, we didn't actually get a chance to podcast that episode. And I just wanted to get right. your opinion, you can say too, about how you think Beta uh, it was either losing his mind or was he really talking to the walkers? Um, I think he was losing his mind. He wasn't really talking to him. <laughs> not at all. It was, yeah. Yeah, he was losing his mind. So, I tend to agree. I was doing the wrong but that was okay. That was part of it too. You know, they were, Beta okay. was rounding the horde up and basically kind of going on a bit of a meandering uh, journey because they had, uh, because they had set kind of a trap where they clearly right. were trying to say, you went in this direction and then Beta through some kind of, you know, ESP, I don't know, some, I think it was actually just he really tactically figured out that they couldn't possibly have gone where they thought that they were going to go. And then they doubled back and they did actually make it to the hospital. Um, but the, but the right. big thing to me was, you know, as Beta was like descending into this obvious world of decay himself, having lost Alpha, I think was kind of hit the big pivot point. Um, it certainly did seem like that was a big plot point and I didn't want to miss it and get your reaction to what it was or what oh, you okay. thought it was. Right. Yeah. So, but yeah, that he would like said, thinking that he could really talk to them. No, nah, he was just, he was just losing his, he was just losing, losing his marbles. But it did seem to work for him. Right. Because yeah, he, well, he, I, I think, he, go ahead. <clears throat> I was just going to say, he really did seem to believe that they were not just talking to him, but giving him, a kind of uh, direction and maybe uh, a sense of what it was that he had to do. And right. that was, I feel like that actually worked for him, despite the fact that, you know, obviously he was having some madness descend. Yeah. Well, and, and it just, I think more of it was it, the, the, where he thought they were directing around. Like, here, let's go this way. Let's go this way. It was just, it just so happened that that's the way they went. Like you said, it wasn't, he wasn't, they weren't really, really doing anything or just, they were just meandering and he just kind of directing them a little bit towards, you know, what they were doing. See, my feeling is that at that, at this point, at the very beginning of this episode, Beta has gotten to the point where he is quote unquote channeling Alpha. He, he has been around Alpha or had been around Alpha long enough to know what she intrinsically would say or would do. And, and to me, it was kind of like he was hearing not just the walkers, but sort of her innate direction about what to do. And then he was attributing it to his being able to be a walker whisperer, right? And that's right. sort of where I pick everything up. So it so, would kind of it would kind of be like he was like you say he was he had it was so knew Alpha so well that and how she would what she would say and what she would do like you said in other words so it gave him kind of a false sense that he was actually communicating with the Walkers and yeah and stuff so uh, gave him kind of a, a false 
false uh, false reading. Well, it, it worked for him. That's the bottom right. line. So they end up at the hospital. They're all standing outside. You know, there's uh, one of the things that was rushed the most, and in a way, I'm kind of glad they rushed it because it gave us time for some of the other stuff that happened. But there definitely was a rush when Daryl and uh, and everyone make it back to the hospital, and they sort of get everybody up to speed about what has happened, and you know, hey, what are we going to do now? I'm I'm gonna go to Kinte on this because I know we talked about it just a tiny bit, but I gotta say I I'm with you in this camp. At first, when I saw them with their plan and the whole let's wear the Walker guts, I got a little nervous that we were going to just see the same old, same old. But I I, I was really surprised with what they did. How did you feel about that? You're on mute. I'm sorry. We were having a, a private conversation, and uh, and we were, uh, and I mentioned that uh, I was like, they, they've done this like about four or five times at least that I can think of, uh, and uh, so I was sitting there like they're rehashing, you know, what they're doing, and but actually I really enjoyed how it played out in the end, and when that girl gets it, you know, near the end when she's almost. It was kind of it was tragic watching her call out for Carol as they just, you know, had a field day with her. And Carol, only thing she could do was keep on moving. You know, it right. was it was uh, yeah it was it was gross and uh, sad for her. Um, but um, no, so I really did enjoy that scene more than I thought I would when it started. But. I got to bring up something that I really enjoyed. And I mentioned this to you too, is once they got free and they drew, they were drawing the walkers away, they were bumping music and they were playing one of my favorite groups, talking heads. Uh, they were playing burning down the house, which I thought was <laughs> so cool. Cause so I love I love that song. And, uh, so anytime, you know, you throw in some talking, I, it's funny because now when I say say it in the context of this show, I'm calling them talking deads, but uh, it's talking heads. <laughs> so funny. So uh, so they so yeah. they grab the chariot. They uh-huh. are playing the really super loud music. They're sort of acting in almost in uh, well counter purpose to the whisperers, but they're using basically sort of whisperer tricks, right? Where they're trying to. Uh, get all of the horde to follow them in some way so that everybody is all together and it was pretty genius until uh, until it stopped working it was pretty amazing i in a lot of ways i see this episode as being the episode where we sort of get the okay everybody recap for us what your biggest strengths are so that we can see how everybody works in concert because everybody's had their moment to shine but in this episode we get to see everybody sort of pull out the stops and each person gets to sort of say okay this is what's worked for me in the past here's what we're going to do this is what's worked for me in the past here's what we're going to do and it worked really well what did you guys think no i think so we learned that the the zombies are not that stupid because they love the talking heads 
But uh, <laughs> <laughs> they did they look like they were kind of jamming to it as well as they were moving. Yeah, they looked kind of different. I, I did I did notice some of them. You could see their the head was kind of bobbing. <laughs> you could tell. Well, the, the ones the ones in the front they were they were kind of jamming as they were walking down through there. So they they were the Grateful Dead. Right, 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 yeah. right. Yeah, they were. <laughs> bad. That's funny. That's that funny. is funny. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, no, I, no, I, I thought that was it was such a cool scene, you know. You know, there was something about this episode that a lot of episodes have lacked. There was a heart to it that I liked a lot, if that makes sense. I don't know what it yeah. was, uh, or maybe I'm sentimental because of uh, how bad this year's been, <laughs> you know. But I don't know. <laughs> but uh, it was a heart to this episode that I feel like had been lacking in the last several seasons. And uh, um, I really connected to the characters more so um, in this episode this than the most of the season. And um, I, li- I mean, I genuinely liked everybody in this episode. You know, uh, anyway, go ahead. I, in in this episode, I think uh, you know, kind of that it you know in past episodes, I mean, you kind of like, okay, yeah, they're going to walk a little bit, they're going to hit, they're going to run into some walkers, then they're going to walk some more. This had more, it seemed like it had more of a, a, a more of a purpose, more of a, a, more driven than the past episodes, so it made it, you didn't have really, a, in, in other episodes, you have a lot, you have some dry spells in it, where it's like, okay, yeah, they're going to, so yeah, they're going to open the door, and a bunch of walkers are going to come out at them, okay, yeah. This one wasn't like that. It was, it, 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 it kept a, a, to me, it seemed like it had a really good, had a good pace that right. kept you kind of actually engaged with it. So I, I so just want to remind was, everyone that this episode was <clears throat> many, many, many months in coming. And so they have had a lot of time in post-production to get the rhythm down, to get the, the pacing, like you said, down to get the important stuff in and leave some of the, what I think really drags The Walking Dead down a lot out. And that is a lot of superfluous conversations that we just either don't need or really just don't make sense in the moment. And you know, I'm gonna point to one that I think was amazingly cut and well done. And that is with, uh, with Megan and Lydia. They have a couple of moments, but when Megan is going down the road, Right. There is there are moments in that that I feel like, look, we've been waiting all season to know is Megan going to stay or is he going to cut and run? And up until the very end, we don't even get a true sense of what is really happening. And that to me was sort of like one of the nice little surprises of what's really happening here. Megan gets actual redemption. Now, I don't know if that's going to last, but the moment Megan has redemption and that is a pretty big point for The Walking Dead where most characters don't get redemption, they get killed. You know so, what? You just I killed like right. you just killed this episode for me. Oh, I'm sorry. You know why? <laughs> yeah. I didn't even think about that. That they had seven <laughs> seven months to get it right. 
So that means if <laughs> it'll be great as long as they got seven months to, to edit each episode. They take seven months an episode. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about that. So, like, so had, like, like, of course they got it right. They had seven months seven to get months. it right. <laughs> Hilarious. That's what. See, I didn't even think about that. Oh. Thank you, Jen. All right. So, all right. So, so we see Lauren. Okay, back. great show. Thanks for let's, like that. Show. Thanks for coming, everybody. See you next week. <laughs> like, yeah, we just need seven months, and the episodes will be perfect. We'll, we'll see you in seven months. <laughs> we'll see you in seven all right. Months. So, so, so we get Lauren back, right? I'm sorry, Lauren. We get Maggie back. Oh. Okay, so we get Maggie back. Maggie's got this surprise person with her who. I have no idea who this person is. I mean, like, I could think, like, maybe some ideas from the I, comic about maybe who they might be, but I, no, and I shouldn't say might be. I should say, like, it would be an amalgamation of, like, a couple of different characters, because this character is, like, nothing I've really seen. Um, and so that was I, I like cool. that. Uh, I like the character's mask, and I like the, 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 the new character's weapons. I like the mask and the weapons. Super Grim Reaper-ish, uh, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, really. Yeah. I that total vibe out of it was really awesome. Right. Okay, so he, so he shows up. Maggie shows up. Uh, that we can see that there is. Oh, that's the other thing I was going to mention was you, you could feel that there. We didn't have going into whatever we're going to go into next. We didn't have the nagging antagonism of who's going to leave. It's like everybody was so happy to be alive. I, I didn't feel that sense of, oh my god, okay, now what's going to happen? There's got to be something political. It felt really good to sort of end off of that for once. Um, <clears throat> but, right. one thing, but one thing I wanted to call attention to was Gabriel has been basically pulling this whole thing together for so long. And honestly, I feel like this episode really gave Gabriel a chance to shine. Like, his plan came together like I'm going to say on par with Rick's plans because Rick's plans didn't always work and Gabriel really got it right uh, I I really felt good about that what do you guys think yeah he did he did a good job of planning how to you know get get there uh, instead of like okay you you four people you four people take off with all the stuff and go do this you know, split it up into groups. And like, okay, a couple of you go this way, a couple of you go this way, a couple of you go this way. Everybody meet at the, you know, out there. Yeah, I'd say he did a good job of, of, of uh, spearheading it. You know, they often put Father Gabriel in scenes with um, uh, Negan, right? Right. Yeah. And he's always chiding Negan on his past behavior, right? Yep. But I've actually, and I've been meaning to bring this up on the show. You can make an argument that Father Gabriel is worse than Negan. What he did to his congregation, that's pretty terrible. Like, actually, Negan, he did a lot of crappy stuff, but Father Gabriel, he's, like, high on that asshole meter of what like do you even come back from that? You know, like, what what he did, like, is, is, uh, you know, he locked his congregation out while they were getting eaten. And he, no, and, and and that actually that that dovetails exactly into what I was just saying, which was, you oftentimes don't get redemption on the Walking Dead; you get dead. Mm-hmm. So if you right. do something that you can't come back from, that the show says, no, you can't come back from that because you're too broken. 
you don't get redemption out of that. You die. And so I think we can clearly see that the show said, well, wait a minute. Maybe Gabriel is worthy of redemption. That was just my hot take. Sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to well, you know, I just, I just wanted to throw Father Gabriel under the bus just a little bit, <laughs> just a little bit, because I'm like, because sometimes when I be watching those scenes with him and uh, and Negan, I'd be like the pot calling the kettle, yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like I ain't well, never gonna forget you, what you did, bro. Yeah, <laughs> like I ain't never I, forgetting I that. Agree. I, yeah. You know, but obviously he's a better person. He was very scared when they first got him and uh, now he's you know uh, fearless yeah he's so, a leader he is definitely a leader so he's definitely not that person anymore he would die for his beliefs before he was he wasn't like that so but um no but uh, I um one thing I think they don't talk about a lot on the show which I think which I would find very interesting is um they don't deal with his faith I don't think enough mm. because I really believe that I know people get kind of scared when you talk about faith, you know, leave religion and politics out of my TV or whatever. But I want to, I feel like it's a very interesting story. Like how do you hold on to your faith in these kind of circumstances? Like, you know, kind of, we're not going through a zombie apocalypse, but we're going through uh, you know, a pandemic, a worldwide pandemic. Right. And so some people right. hold on to their faith. <clears throat> some people, uh, you know, depart from their faith as well. And they've kind of talked about faith, but very little. And and I'm not talking about being on some kind of preachy type thing, but it's, I think it's an interesting story pathway to go down much more deeper. And maybe they can use him to maybe go through another character, you know, to really um, to do that. Well, and, you know, if, if there's anything that The Walking Dead has sort of uh, told us in as many words as they possibly can, it's that the, it's that the world of The Walking Dead, the post-apocalypse of The Walking Dead, is about the search for humanity and, and how humanity, how human beings can start over again, whether civilization is worth keeping should we you know go back to the old ways where we've got charters between groups can we keep groups i mean there's been plenty of all of that we've seen politics we've seen all kinds of things so i don't think that you're way off base i think you're actually on the mark um and i don't think there's anything wrong with it i think it's a little bit scary for writers to walk down that path just right this very second but i will say and i'm not I'm by no means trying to change the subject, but I will say that it can be done successfully because mm-hmm. I just watched uh, all of the series Raised by Wolves mm-hmm. and they do it amazingly successfully and it is absolutely riveting. So The Walking Dead definitely has some latitude where they bring that in. I completely agree. You know, Jen, your um, your children said that, that they're going to be on the second season of that show. Of Raised by Wolves, I totally, I, I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. I'd probably say that I was not a good mom. So I'd just be prepared, everybody. I'm kidding, everybody. She's a great mom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's so let's talk just a little bit about the uh, the quote unquote side quest with Eugene, Ezekiel, Yumiko, and Princess. So, mm-hmm. I, I before I say anything because I got some thoughts on this. 
I want to hear what you guys thought about some of the breakaway scenes that we see where first they did, let's not get to the big reveal. Okay, let's not get to that first. Let's just get to what they are going through in the process in order to get there. Obviously, Princess wasn't able to make <laughs> Obviously, Princess didn't come through with the uh, carpool idea. Um, transportation being kind of key, I guess the word. Um, she did come up with wheels. Would, yes. uh, <laughs> would Joseph Campbell, um, exactly. would Joseph call, Campbell call that storyline uh, the hero's journey? Um, I, I was going to call it maybe Scooby-Doo in the gang. But, um, so anyway, so so we get all of these sort of, we get the side quest thing happening. And I just wanted to know how you guys felt about what, did you think that they all made the right choice by going forward instead of going back? In the continue on, on, yes, I think they did. In the words, yeah, it's like you know <clears throat> what happened that when they finally got to their destination. Maybe that wasn't the best of things, but we don't know yet. What do you think, Kente? No, I mean, yeah, they made the right decision for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd be honest with you. I didn't like Princess at first because she was so over the top, and I know she's a comic book <laughs> character. <laughs> But she, it's hard not to like that 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 person. She's uh, she grew on me, and I don't know if you've ever seen any of the interviews of the actress. Um, you know, that that also gets you too when you see them being interviewed and you kind of like them. So, so uh, I do like her character, and I'm interested where where she's going. But you know, one thing I appreciate about the princess character is. There's really the only flamboyant character, and I'm doing flamboyant with air quotes, is Negan, really, you know? Right, mm. right. And there's no real heroes with a gregarious personality. You know, everybody's kind of dour, and there's no real crack ups in the group. You know mm. what I'm saying? There's really no light, <laughs> you know? And it makes sense right? because they've been living in that darkness for so long. So she's like a, a light, really, that they really, I think the show actually needs that if they, yeah. if they do it in a way where, because those characters can be annoying. They can become Jar Jar Binks, you know? Right. So we don't want to, um, we don't want that. But if they, well, if they yeah, can do she it. Bring, in, she, yeah. like you said, well, she bring a, you know, because, yeah, it's a bad time. It's, you know, it's bad times and it's, you know, all horrible and everything because, you know the way of uh, way you have to live and everything, but she's kind of like going, "Oh, look at that!" You know, shiny object syndrome is what she has, and it, you, you kind of need somebody like that, right? To keep it keep light side, so it doesn't go completely dark all the time. So, so I think uh, her character will add uh, some flavor to it. I, I was just going to say that part of what I have to say about this side quest, as silly as I think, you know, they kind of made it. Um, it speaks to the continual we have hope theme. It, it, it's such a hard and embedded trope in The Walking Dead. And, and it's a good trope because it really carries the plot forward so many times when the plot could simply die. So that sense of right. hope and and a renewed sense of continual optimism, even when everything 
seems overwhelmingly hard and dark and and there is really no reason to think that there is success at the end of the journey, they still continue on because, hey, you know what? There might be something. And I'll tell you why I think this is so important uh, character-wise. Eugene, who at the very beginning of his sort of introduction to us as in The Walking Dead, was on this kind of journey that he knew was actually fated for nothingness, right? He knew that there was nothing and yet he allowed people to carry false hope he allowed people to exist in a world that was hey you know everything is going to be great as soon as we get here because i know things i i can do things and in this moment eugene was able to say hey you know what i don't have all the answers but i still have this hope inside okay let's carry on and that felt really amazing to me just as sort of a full circle journey for that character. And then, you know, Ezekiel, <clears throat> Yumiko, and Princess being together with him, it, it felt it felt like they really buoyed the that principle, that kind of feeling. And I loved it. I, I, I have to say that it was one of the bright spots of this episode. So um well, like when it's like yeah well when you talk about that and others as far as uh like a princess and and uh, ezekiel and all them they when okay eugene how how whatever he hit you know to bend up his bike he said that's it we're done and they're all three of them like one uh it was like princess like i got a hammer we can knock that back out man yeah we're, like gonna make this make this eugene's ready to give up he says we're not gonna make it on time she's gonna leave and, well, and I give, kind of like I give up, and then well, and the, the other three wouldn't saying, let. And, and Ezekiel saying to Eugene, basically, "Look, you never let me give up." Right. That was a big. Right. I feel like that was a really big thing. So I, I really I liked the the whole side quest piece. I thought that was great. All right, All right. I, I I definitely want to uh, move to the uh, the the little pieces inside of this episode, which I think are important, but we just sort of need to kind of power through. Um, we know that uh, Judith sort of came clean with Daryl about she had heard from Michonne. What's interesting about that is she didn't tell Michonne. I mean, I'm sorry. She didn't tell Daryl that Michonne mentioned Rick. And I, I wanted to know what you guys thought about that. Because I'm I'm not really sure how to think about that. Yeah, um, kind of like you. I'm like, well, why didn't you tell that? It seems like you would. That would be one of the first things you would say. Like, when, it's like I talked to Michonne, and and then and, and she mentioned Rick. No, but I so I'm I'm like you. I don't really know. Not really sure on that one. Do Do you think that uh, that Judith? at this point has is sort of moving in the direction of giving up hope and i don't mean that in sort of like the literal terrible way but just look there's just been too many things that have happened that she cannot rely on and maybe michonne is still there and maybe like she was saying you know because people leave and people you know disappear and you could see she was really struggling it was great to see Daryl be so honest with Judith about, you know, hey, I'm not going to 
basically in a nutshell. I'm not going to make you promises I can't keep, but hey, I'm here. And I, it, it was odd because to me, it feels like they sort of rushed through that whole piece, but I think it was important. I think it was important for us to realize that no, Rick is not ever coming back. And Judith didn't mention him in, in a sort of shout out almost to the audience. No, he's not coming back. I don't know. I, it, it just seemed odd to me. But I'm really glad that she actually mentioned Michonne because that feels like, yeah, okay, maybe she's not given up hope completely. That was sort of my, my takeaway of that. What'd you guys think? Anything? I'm, yeah, not really. <laughs> no, you didn't think anything of it? Okay. What'd you uh, think? Um, sorry about that. Uh, uh, I don't, I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't love the Judas character. No. And, um, I'm, you know, I don't know. I'm not a fan of the precocious kid in, I get it. You know, we know how she got here. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, all of that kind of stuff. And it's kind of paying it forward to, uh, you know that storyline but you know I, I don't know man I mean uh, why why did she make the decision not to say anything you got me I have no idea uh, why um, maybe she feels like everybody else got their secrets so I'm gonna have mine maybe that's what it was you know I don't know uh, I don't recall she wasn't told not to say nothing right yeah that's right so it's interesting why or she decided to do that. Possible that you know she didn't really mention anything about Rick because that's not a you know, it, she may never see him again. Or, well, that, that's what or, I said. I don't know. I, I, think, I, I think she's given up hope on him. Yeah, and she, I, I she's never known cute. him really. Yeah. Hasn't she? Hasn't known like he left when she was a baby, right? Or or was no. she? No, was she? I can't remember. What? No, she wasn't a baby. Okay, but, I, I can remember. But I think she recognizes in a way that he's gone in a way that Michonne is not gone, right? Michonne's saying, hey, you know, maybe I figured out where Rick is or, you know, whatever. But that's not, that isn't the same as I talked to Rick. She talked to Michonne. She knows Michonne is alive. And I think it's better to have the fantasy that, hey, there's hope for somebody to be alive when you've actually, you know, talked to them and hey, everything could be okay, then there is knowing that somebody's really dead and you've already mourned for them. Mm. Interesting. I just think it's a different thing. Okay, uh, so before we, because I've got two more things I want to go through. Uh, one thing is, so how'd you guys feel about the, the, the last piece? Okay, there's two parts to this. One is the walkers off the cliff. See ya. Everybody's just down the cliff. Uh, interesting. Uh, wait, can interesting I can I say idea. something about that real quick before you go to the next yeah. one? It was so nice of Greg Nicotero to give a shout out to the happening. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like didn't it look like that that, that scene from the happening when they're just walking off the building? Uh -huh. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> uh, it was a beautiful sight. Didn't make sense that they walked past though. Uh, uh, Carol and and uh, old girl, uh, but Lydia. you know, Lydia. Thank you. Well, I, yeah, but they were both wearing you know the 
the, it's like the Walker goo on them. So, but you know, that goo is yeah, very it green. It didn't really make sense if they, okay, them two are all, those two are all snuck, uh, hunkered down and not moving. And so I, I think I the know. idea though was it was not a stampede, but you know, it was, it was horde mentality. It was lemming mentality where you're basically following the leader. And it, so in a way, it kind of does make sense, but. Yeah, it's got some plot holes. Okay, so that leads us into... Beautiful visual. Beautiful visual. Yeah, right. Right. Uh, reconciliation with... But wait, uh, one, one last thing, though. You yeah. just... You just... Uh, um, tampered with the water supply. <laughs> Put all those walkers in the water. You know what? My kid said that. My kid was like, uh, I hope they're not going to be drinking from that water anytime soon. Oh, my God. It's like a, a walker tea bag. Be drinking. You... Yeah, you have to be going up river to get the water and set it down river. <laughs> Walker water. Uh, okay, so, so, okay, so, the next piece that is exactly along with that is the uh, reconciliation between Lydia and Carol, which feels a little bit forced, but nicely closed out. I felt like that needed to close out because I, I was actually kind of tired of both of them in that capacity it was driving me crazy so i'm glad that that happened did you guys think that that was good or what'd you think about it yeah i thought it was you know a good ending to their dispute so kind of they kind of came they kind of it was like well, carol was going to just walk off and you know lydia was going to walk off and she said i can do this it's you know it's, i can do this i'm going to do it and then they were both going to make the sacrifice and then they both kind of came together and like one we don't really have to do this so right. it was yeah. it was it was a nice place they should have went off that cliff like them and louise <laughs> <laughs> just holding each other's hand, hand right over there right <laughs> well that would have really interfered with the whole daryl and carol thing that we know is coming next so well, maybe but we should no yeah. because she her walker body could be in that oh there you go <laughs> There you go. Daryl could just walk Carol around, kind of like Michonne used to have, you know, her walkers. Right. Great. Um, okay, so the big chop, chop off half her arms and take her bottom her bottom jaw out. There you go. Mm. Uh, Carol talks too much anyway, so. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so the big reveal was the our side quest heroes uh, finding out when they get to the train yard that first they think nobody's there, and then. Oh, there's actual lights and people in big hazmat suits with guns and oh my god, who can these people possibly be? I thought it turned I thought it turned into a Star Wars episode where a bunch of stormtroopers came in but in all the white you know. <laughs> I, I, I will also mention that my kid said something very similar, which was, Oh look, it is Star Wars meets the Walking Dead. Yes. Very interesting, <laughs> yep. interesting uh, outfit choices. But okay. So so question uh and i don't know how many people have read the comics so i don't know you know what kind of theories there might be out there but who do you think these people are and do you think they are on the side of good and why did they wait so long to say who they were and where they i mean there's clearly live people there and they waited all that time to jump out i was a little confused by that what'd you guys say it was like who are you <laughs> more 70s music let's get more 70s music uh -huh, go ahead. the reason they waited so long 
to like come up and say, "Halt, we got you." Uh, is they were behind the, uh, the railroad cars. They were drawing straws to see who was going to go out first. <laughs> they was uh, like, see which one of them was going to walk out first and go freeze. And they it's like they all drew the short straw and said, "Okay, well, we all got to go out now. Let's go." You got them. Uh, I thought I thought they were playing Pokemon. I have no idea I thought they why were, they waited. I think they were playing Pokemon Go, and they didn't want to stop. And then they were like, "Okay, <laughs> let's go deal with these guys." So, listen. Quite honestly, uh, this group, this group, the the group that both in Alexandria and Hilltop and Kingdom and everybody, they have all done this to other groups that they have come across in maybe not quite as dramatic a fashion, but definitely just like that, where surround you, take you off guard, take all your weapons. Who are you? You know, ask you fifty questions. We don't know if you're safe. Uh, maybe you're going to be a bad guy. I mean, like, it's weird to see the people who we think are the main protagonists get treated, to be treated the way that they treat everybody else, but honestly, it doesn't seem like a big surprise. The big surprise to me was these people were clean. I think if they... They were so clean. Yeah, they were very clean. They mm-hmm. look, Yeah, they look like uh, they were just polished. And they had some weapons. I mean, they had some not little weapons they had some major weapons so something's something's going on i don't know exactly what but <clears throat> what do you think this sets up what what how do you think this will carry over do you think we're in for uh something where the groups are going to divide and then find something on their own or do you think it's going to end up being the groups are going to somehow uh, merge because of what's happening with Eugene and Yuriko and Ezekiel and Princess. I think they're going to wind up merging. Yeah, I kind of almost you know, think yeah, that. I think they're going to... It, it, it's kind of... It, just the way it's kind of going is I think they're, it's going to move wherever they... you know Wherever the uh, stormtroopers take you know Eugene and all them, it may wind up being somewhere where the, uh, where the rest of them are at. I, the reason that I asked that question is because I really was curious about how you guys felt um, for what we know is sort of spin-off material uh, territory, where it seems like they're trying to wind down, well, they, no, I should say it seems like they are trying to wind down the main plot. We've got one more season, and then that's going to be it. So we clearly can see that they are they're going to be moving in some interesting directions and we've got some spin-offs that are already happening and then we know that there are some other things sort of planned and I was just you know trying to feel it out for where you think the story might go from here right yeah I, I think that's where it's gonna it, that's where it's leading up to is like I said they're it, it's gonna wind up everybody's gonna wind up in the same place hmm Oh, I, we all know how it's going to end. Yeah? Yeah, Brandon's going to end up on the Iron Throne. <laughs> oh, there we go. Uh, I feel like that's... Whoa, shit. Oh, Spoiler shit. alert. Par for the Spoiler alert. Um, I, 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 before I go and ask you guys, you know, if there's any sort of standout moments for you, I just wanted to mention one standout moment for me, and that was when Negan killed Veda. I... I don't know why that made me so 
happy, no, happy is maybe the wrong word, satisfied. Um, but there was some kind of extreme satisfaction for me, even though I feel like it was over way too fast, I still absolutely loved the idea that it was that it was Negan that really brought him down. I, I just felt like it was I right. hate well, it, I know, hate it. Me. I'm gonna tell you why. I'm so sick of watching Ryan Hirsch die. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, spoiler alert, but in Sons of Anarchy he dies. Uh, I know I just ruined it for somebody. And then we got to see him die in this. It's like Ryan Hurst. Can you live in a show? Hey, listen, at least you're not a Sean Bean fan. <laughs> right, right. He, that guy always died. <laughs> well, now. That guy, that guy died. He probably would die in his uh, wedding video. But, uh, <laughs> but um, no, but um, I, the fight was so weak, though. Like, like, he was too good of a character to go so weak. Like I, mean, I wanted yeah. them to, I wanted them to be like a knockdown uh, draw dragon. I thought Daryl was the one that finished. Daryl was the one that ended. It. Right. I mean, Negan, like you know, was like, you know, whispered. What was it? Like, I think he saved. Didn't he save oh, Negan's uh, life? He like, you know hey, hey, you I, I, I meant to say, like, yeah, I meant yeah, to say it was, was Daryl and and Bruce, but I meant to say Daryl, and I said Negan. Yeah. And I'm so sorry. I didn't. No, no, actually no, that's all good. Well, that Negan, my, I think Negan I'm actually didn't Negan get kind of like a first shot in at him I mean god I think he like hit him I think he could stab him uh, I think then, he was a he was about to but then Daryl got him by using the knives into his yeah. eyes now yeah. they, this should have been more of a fight fight he that guy they built him up and he just kind of just goes out whimpering like the fight with him between him and Daryl uh what was the last season I can't remember or it might have been this yeah. season uh that was way more epic than his death fight you know so although although I'm gonna say something and maybe it's not gonna be popular but I feel like the whole fight was really uh, well summarized when uh, when Negan said do you know who that a-hole was yes and, uh, yeah and, I was gonna bring Darryl that up said, Daryl said nobody and and okay so I, I feel like that's why it wasn't more of an epic fight not because Beta wasn't actually badass but because they really went out of their way to make sure that we knew that our protagonists were way stronger than anything that the whispers could throw at them that's what I well, think you know the story behind that right they, you, tell us okay so you, you know how they have the have actors make up their backstory right yes so Ryan Hurst said in an interview um, that in his mind he was someone famous back in in the regular world. So right. that's what he made it up. So when they did that, that was kind of a um, that was kind of a uh, nod to his story, his backstory. That's why he never right. wanted to take his mask off because he didn't want people to realize, oh, that's that famous guy. Da 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 da. So. So that when that scene happened, it was such a great callback to that. And I only know that from an interview. Um, that was I don't think they say out. that. Yeah, they ne- never said it on the show. So, um, right. so they were like, cause he was like, "Do you know who that guy?" That was right. Well, he, he was he was like some. He was wasn't he like a country singer or something? Okay, that's what his. That's where he came from. He was a some sort of a singer. Something like that. Performer. But I, but I think, honestly, I think it, 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 even though you're right, it does realistically seem like there should have been way more to it with the beta, with, be, with killing beta. 
it also feels like poetic justice that he went down so fast and was basically just devoured by the very horde that he believed was sort of in his grasp. I, I, I think don't know why you know what else, you know what it reminds me of is sometimes I think writers outthink themselves. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I'm gonna do it like this, and it's gonna be di- no. Give us what we want. People, I think most yeah. people wanted to see them go like really throw down, and I think you know it. Ca- it kind of likens back to heroes. The end of right. the, you know that. Siler versus uh, Peter Petrelli. Um, people are like, "What the hell are you talking about?" Uh, uh, Google it. But uh, you know, <laughs> so it's like, no, we want to see. You know, I mean, and, and plus he's not going to be on the show no more. So right. uh, you know, let's see, let's see. You know, but anyway, you know, he was a great character. Ryan Hurst, I'm gonna miss him on the show. I kind of went, "Oh no," when he died, because <laughs> I like I like Ryan Hurst. The actor and you know I liked his character so yeah he definitely he played a really good bad guy I mean in, in terms of all the bad guys that the walking dead has had uh, the whisperers have definitely been among my very favorites with Alpha and Beta being just right up there as wow you know and they did it in a way that didn't annoy me <clears throat> so you know because I, I was really getting tired of meeting toward the end as you know Mr. Big Bad I, as much as I still love him, um, but the Alpha and Beta got through all of their seasons without ever once managing to make me feel like, oh my god, not these guys again. Every time they were on screen, it was the right time. Every time they said something, it felt like, yeah, except for the one sex scene with Alpha and Negan. I'll never forgive The Walking Dead for that, but okay. Mm. Anyway, moving on. <clears throat> Um, so I, I, the, the whole point for me to say that very last piece was what I wanted to find out from you guys was whether there were any standout moments in this episode that you felt like, hey, I'm never going to forget it for this. Yeah, um, we lost uh, Olaf. But, um, oh, no. Um, I mean, we pretty much went through uh, those scenes. Of course, uh, the, I'm so sorry, the deaf girl. Uh, uh, oh, now my The deaf girl. Fine. Yes, uh, yes, I know you, you know, know. Her, you know, and then they, it was like a cliffhanger who who she ran into. Um, that, so that's interesting. I wanted to throw that, make sure we added that in there. Oh, you mean you mean Connie, right? Connie, Connie. Yes, Connie. Okay. And um, uh, also the stormtroopers, um, you know, the the sad death of uh, of um, uh, Beta. But my and favorite, and, and my favorite, my Virgil, right? My favorite scene. You know what it is. Tell me. Luring the walkers away with burning down the house. Best scene. <laughs> One of my favorite scenes in a Walking Dead episode. Perfect. I I I I think you might actually, you know. I thought for a second, I thought that what they were going to do when I heard them play that music was have the walkers be sort of already covered with something, tree sap, I don't know, whatever. I thought they were going to light them on fire. Mm. I really thought that that's what was going to happen. Oh, and the burning down the house? Hilarious. Mm-hmm. I thought it was supposed to be like some kind of little subliminal shout out. Kind of glad it wasn't because I feel like that would have been a big giant mess. I'm glad they ended it the way that they did. Right. <clears throat> so, so I, I overall, I was really happy 
the, the season finale here, um, I was a little, you know, blown away by some of the things that they were able to neatly sew up. And I don't really feel like we have a huge cliffhanger, except, you know, obviously Connie and Virgil and what happened with Eugenia Security, Nico and Princess, oh, that's going to be big. Um, but it feels like a good place to start something new. So I'm, I was pretty excited about it. I don't know, and I, um, I didn't look it up, um, but I heard that the season, that the ratings for this was actually pretty good. Um, oh, let's take a look. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember who said that. Somebody said that, and and they thought that by Walking Dead standards it was down, but overall standards it's still amazing how good it really is oh yeah um, people don't realize that they, they don't realize that they had to go really far down to be uh so we don't have a total viewers according to wikipedia we've got a viewers in million that come in sort of as people watch without dvr or without some of the other stuff <clears throat> and the what they have uh there is 2.73 million, which yeah. is still amazing. When I mean, th- I, I'm trying, I'm struggling to think of any other show right now that captures that much of the media share. Not much. There's not very much out there that does it. So that's pretty good. Netflix is looking at this going, man, if uh, only. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so still, still not too bad. By the time that they're done, they will probably end up around five million viewers altogether, which is not—that's not too bad. I think they've they've done a pretty good job. So. Okay. Yes. <clears throat> Welcome back, Olaf. <laughs> it's like silly internet. I got moon spotted or something. So I'm back. <laughs> so, uh, so Olaf, we were just talking about whether there was any standout moments in the season. I'm sorry, in the episode. To mm-hmm. this- Finale, that you wanted to say, "Hey, I thought this was fantastic." Well, I don't know about fantastic, but uh, it's kind of like the elephant—the elephant in the room. Okay, well, Maggie has come back now, and Maggie doesn't know that Negan is not in the jail anymore. Mm. So I'm it's like my, I think kind of like, you know, that makes you kind of like go, "Hmm, what's she going to say when?" Uh, she comes around the corner and Negan's standing there and saying, hey, <laughs> what, what do you all think? Yeah, it's going to be tough, right? I mean, you know, lest we all forget, the, uh, which I feel like some people have already forgotten why Maggie shouldn't be uh, a Negan fan. Um, it's, it's definitely going to be a big thing. And, and also, this is one of the reasons that I was saying it was so important for us to understand that Negan had some redemptive arc because now he's got sort of a posse of people behind him to say no he's actually a good guy and maggie would quickly be drowned out if she tried to do something to hurt it but that doesn't mean anything i mean we don't know where this is going to go so interesting right very interesting so that was that was my that's like the the one moment is there one one moment that was like hmm What's what's she gonna say when she sees Negan? Good good moment, actually. She won't and have also, that, she won't have that look on her face. 
<laughs> no, definitely not. <clears throat> also, I just wanted to point out that this uh, this particular episode was directed by Greg Nicotero, and I find that the episodes that Greg Nicotero directs directly tend to be really good. Yeah, he hogs all the good episodes for himself. Yeah, he <laughs> goes through the episode list. He's like, I'll take this one and this one and this one. And I'll take this one here because I have seven months to do it, so I'll do that. Oh, man, if only if they could have known. Oh, my God. Anyway. All right, so we know that they're in production for something brand new. We know that there's a spinoff episode, so there are spinoff episodes. We know there are also some episodes that will give us a little bit more depth that are going to be released uh, that, I guess, give us a, a bit more insight into what is happening currently. So, sort of as a warm-up into the next season, it'll be interesting to see what happens. So this was fun. I had a really good time. Thanks, mm -hmm. everybody. Yeah, Kinte, how, can, how can everybody find you uh, on on everything? And tell us one more time about the Halloween special. Sure. Uh, thank you for uh, mentioning that. Um, let me put it up on the screen. We have the Kente and Miyosha Halloween short film Horror Fest. Which is, uh, it will be live on um, Saturday, October 31st, 2020, Halloween night at 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Central, and 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, you will be able to catch it like on YouTube, uh, Facebook, uh, Periscope, all those good things. We're going to be showing short films that were submitted to us uh, of the horror variety. And um, we're going to also have a costume contest. So mm -hmm. if you're in the audience and you're dressed up and you come on camera and show us what you're wearing, uh, we will have judges and we'll decide who wins a cash prize. So, uh, you know, you want to be dressed up. Now, obviously, uh, I'll be dressed up. I can't win or Miosha or Jen, unfortunately. Well, yeah. I'm I'm just gonna wear my regular clothes and go as a tired mom. <laughs> We're all good. We're all good. Yeah. I'm 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 gonna take off my makeup and go as I really am instead of what you all see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Olaf, don't scare us too much, okay? That wouldn't, yeah, we don't want to scare. I'm only allowed to take my makeup off on Halloween. That's the only time I can take it off because. It's, you know, it, without the make without makeup, it's just too scary. Look at me. And Kinte, can I ask a question? Sure. If you have a short film and you want to uh, get it in front of you, where would you send that? Great question. Thank you for saying that. Um, it's at uh, Indie Showcase Booking, I N D Y Showcase Booking at Gmail dot com. Films can't be over twenty minutes long. So uh, yeah, so it needs to be twenty. Uh, and lower, so short film being important. Short. Uh, nine, Nineteen and some change. Yeah. So <laughs> indie showcase book. All right, and you, you get me at Kente F on Twitter, Kente Ferguson on Instagram, and of course the website is indyradio.org. I n d y radio.org. And Olaf, how can we catch you? Well, you can follow me on Facebook at Olaf Carposa, but as I always say, don't follow too close because I do get nervous and I do have an itchy trigger finger. <laughs> All 
All right, and you can find me on Twitter at followingbliss1. And you can head over to my website, moviesandmeals.com, where I've got lots of great Halloween stuff going up. There's tons of stuff already there, but there's lots of stuff going up over the next couple of days, too. Got a busy kitchen, so join us for that. And this was really fun. Thank you, guys. I had a wonderful time. And I want to say something, uh, and I'm not going to get into too much specifics before we go. Uh, somebody, I know we've all been going through a tough time recently and, um, you know, with COVID and whatnot, but someone near and dear to us who we do a, a, a program with, Cinema de Fromage, is going through a tough time and uh, he knows uh, who he is um, and I'm not going to go into what he's going through, but, um, you know, just hang in there, man. I know it's tough and we're all... We're all uh, praying for you. Yeah. Definitely. We are yeah, here for definitely. you. Yes. Yep. Definitely are. All right. So with all that said, I guess we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.